So welcome back, everybody, to Hoops and Wine, part seven of the front office search. I just want to start off by saying, you know, we've had two and possibly three no's so far. And again, these are all ones that we expected. But as I've been saying on this for for the last, you know, month, yes, they're saying no, but you have to make the call. The Kings are not the only team since March that has run a front office search and been told no multiple times. It's happened to Detroit. It happened to Chicago. It's happened the last, you know, forever. Um, This is all part of the process. Sometimes you get no from the team itself, like the Toronto Raptors have done with Bobby Webster. Sometimes it is... um, you know, the the candidate himself who doesn't want to leave his current situation. But again, I will keep saying the Kings are doing the right thing by putting these qualified people forward, even if they say no. You have to make the call and force them to say no. You never know what could happen. It just takes one yes. So, Because we've had possibly three no's, I'm hoping they do add some more names to the list. And at the end of the episode, um, I will give some of those names out. But I just wanted to make that clear before I started. Um, And I'll start with uh, Monty McNair first. But I just wanted to reiterate that, you know, I complain about stuff the Kings do all the time. But being turned down by qualified assistants after actually asking them to interview, is not one of them. Now, if they weren't asking them, then I'd have an issue. But the fact that they're actually doing what they're supposed to be doing and forcing them to say no, I'm perfectly fine with. Yes, I wish that these guys would want to come here and leave these situations. Not realistic, but I'm happy that we're finally doing the process for all intents and purposes the right way. So let's get started with Monty McNair, assistant general manager with the Houston Rockets. So one interesting thing uh, about Monty is he actually played football at Princeton and got his degree in computer science. And once he was finished with that, he wound up with the Houston Rockets. Now, since he started with the Rockets in 2007 as an analyst uh, with the Basketball Operations uh, Technology Group there, uh, he has steadily worked his way up the ranks. Says a lot about him. So, um, from 2007 to 2009, he worked um, as the Basketball Operations Technology Technology Administrator for the Rockets. Uh, Then he was um, moved up to a basketball operations analyst and served in that role from 2009 to 2013. He was then promoted from that position to the director of basketball operations of their G League team, the Valley Vipers, from 2011 to 2012. And then he served... In that role till, like I said, 2012, and then he got uh, promoted to the director of basketball 
operations with the Rockets. He served in that role from 2013 to 2015. He was then promoted to the VP of Basketball Operations and served in that role from 2015 to 2017. He was then promoted to Assistant General Manager in 2018, where he currently resides. So as Maury says about McNair, in addition to managing the analytic efforts of the Houston Rockets Basketball Operations Department, as well as their analytics group, McNair is involved with all avenues of player evaluation, including trade, free agency, and the draft. And one interesting thing about him is over the past four seasons, McNair has worked closely with the coaching staff to provide on-court strategy and analysis along with opponent preparation. Now, an interesting piece is that it says he works closely with the coaching staff, which would make sense. He actually served on... um, At the Slowed Analytics Conference, he served on a panel about modern NBA coaching and how to balance your team and talent around superstars and not. And he served on that panel with Scott Brooks, Mike Brown, Vinny Del Negro, and Brian Scalabrini. So they were looking at the unprecedented look into the unique challenges and opportunities associated with developing winning teams around Hall of Fame-worthy athletes, And McNair has worked with uh, some of the best um, under Maury when it comes with Yao Ming, Tracy McGrady. He now has Harden. So um, this guy has been in a unique opportunity where they have been able to cycle stars in and out, not even necessarily through the draft, but through very smart cap trades. And obviously that is not... Sacramento's roster, how that is built. And, you know, prior to 99 to 2006, when we went on our run, that's never really been how we've been um, built around necessarily superstars. So one thing I do wonder with McNair is, can he lead a team that is not necessarily... Uh, created around a star as of current. I mean, a lot of us think that Fox has all the potential in the world if he can put everything together as we're seeing his steady climb each year. Um, But we don't have the Yao Ming, Tracy McGrady, James Harden yet. So my only thing would be would he be able to build a roster without that? And, you know, that is one one cool thing that I do like about him is that he does work closely with the coaching staff and and that. So you would assume that if he was able to choose his own coach, that he would have someone in here that really shares that vision and you would have that that synchronization that you know apparently he has right now with Dan Tony um but if he's coming in and he's dealing with a guy like Walton who's not necessarily his guy and I don't know maybe he could be uh coming in here you know but if he's told that he needs to keep him 
does he have a totally different vision of this team than maybe what Luke Walton has? So to me, those are, um, and, and with any candidate coming in here, those are the kind of issues that we might have to be on the lookout for. So another thing that Maury gave him credit for was um, when he announced his promotion in 2018 to uh, assistant general manager, he said, Monty's been absolutely critical to the success of the Houston Rockets over his long tenure. His unique combination of analytical skills and ability to work with our coaching staff was a key driver in our record-breaking season last year. So again, sounds like great skills, um, but can he be successful with any coaching staff or just a coaching staff that meshes with him? Because again, he's only ever worked for the Houston Rockets and for the most part, at least, you know, during this tenure, he's played a certain kind of brand of basketball and he's worked well with that. So taking him outside of that, I'm not sure, you know, what it would do, but I mean, I guess it'll be interesting. And again, the guy has, you know, all the accolades and is everything uh, Maury says about him is great. It's just, can it work here? I don't know. But I will say one thing that if Houston loses tonight and Daryl Morey is out, I have to wonder, could you possibly get the combo of Gupta and McNair together in Sacramento? They've worked together twice in Houston and by all intensive purposes like each other and have worked well together during the times they were there. Um, could we possibly maybe get that combo here? I don't know, but it's an intriguing thought. And would Vivek then turn his sights on possibly Daryl Morey? I don't know. Again, I don't know. Things to think about, though. Next, we have Wes Wilcox. He is currently a special advisor to the Atlanta Hawks. And you might be wondering why the Kings are interested in someone with a special advisor role. But he used to serve um, in the general manager position with the Hawks prior to a incident in 2017 where he had to resign and has not been able to land a job elsewhere and has been then stuck in the Atlanta Hawks uh, organization. His name gets mentioned in pretty much every opening around the league. But again, I'm not sure people necessarily want, um, I guess you could say, the PR that would come with, with hiring Wes. He has the resume of anyone that you would want. But uh, I'll just say what he did do was it was a fan event. And he was talking with the fan and mentioned that... He is used to uh, being in argumentative situations and then brought up the race of his wife and kids. 
had he just said, I have a wife and kids, so I'm used to being in argumentative situations, uh, no one would have batted an eye. But by bringing race into it, it it obviously caused uh, an issue, and he then went on to resign. So that's what happened there. But I'll go ahead and give his background, at least that way you know, um, in case this thing moves forward, um, what kind of, you know, background you're dealing with in terms of basketball. So he is another guy similar to Adam Simon, where he started in the video room with the Miami Heat in 2001. And he served in that role until 2002. He got promoted a year later out of the intern role to a video coordinator with the New Orleans Pelicans. He served in that role for a year and then moved on to an advanced scout role with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, from 2003 to 2004. And after serving that role for a year, he was promoted to college scout with the Cleveland Cavaliers from 2004 to 2005. Again, was promoted up to pro personnel scout of the Cleveland Cavaliers from 2005 to 2006. Again, after serving only a year in that position, he was promoted again to uh, an assistant coach of the Cavaliers from 2006 to 2008. So he actually served in that role for two years. He was then promoted again to director of player personnel with the Cavs. From 2008 to 2010, so again, served in that role for two years, was then promoted to uh, the assistant general manager with the Hawks, where he served in that role for three years from 2012 to 2015. After that, he was promoted again, this time to the general manager position with the Hawks from 2015 to 2017, which he then resigned and has served as a special advisor of the Hawks since 2017. So again, you're seeing this guy who started in the video room in 2002. By 2017, uh, 2015, sorry, he became general manager. So you saw every year he was getting promoted and has worked in the different facets of the game and seemingly was successful in that. But again, because of his remarks from uh, the fan event, he has not since um, made, you know, got that role again back in the league. And so regardless of how qualified this guy is for a team that has, so many issues. I, I just don't see how how you hire him, honestly. Um, but it is the king, so you know. I guess anything is possible. So hopefully that gives you a little bit more information um, about those two guys. And I'm definitely excited to see if. It ends up just being these three guys or if we see some names added in. And if we do see some names added, um, I'd like to see Bobby Webster. I'd like to see Dan Tolzman. And if you've listened to any of these, you know, part one through six before, 
you're familiar with these guys. So Webster, Tolzman. I'd like to see Trent Redden, Mark Hughes, as they continue to be names that are brought up every offseason. Jeff Peterson with Brooklyn Nets. And another name I'll throw in is Justin Zanuck, as he is the number two guy behind Dennis Lindsay. So if there is a shot that he truly wants to be the number one guy, um, that is another name that I'd be interested in. And based on everything that he's been able to do with the Jazz the last couple of years, um, he's more than qualified. 